When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello there, welcome to the Tag Republic podcast. The following episode is an audio recording from a live broadcast we did on our Facebook page. During the chat, you will hear questions from the audience and even shout outs we give to the people that attended. If you want to be a part of the live broadcast, please make sure you follow us on Facebook so you don't miss a thing. Now, enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Tag Republic podcast a weekly chat with Carolina Guzik about all things marketing. Some episodes are short tips that you can implement in your business right away, while others are in-depth conversations with industry leaders. Whether you're a new photographer searching for some knowledge or an established professional with years of experience, Carolina offers fresh and innovative advice that can help you transform your photography business. Hello, everybody. If you are watching the replay, thank you so much for being here. Remember that you can always share this with your audience just by hitting that share button down there. You can comment, you can ask questions. We are so excited to have all of you here for a round two of yes. an amazing conversation that we tried to have last month. And unfortunately, we had some technical difficulties. So I really, really want to thank Erin for her time and for her commitment to do this a second time. So Erin, thank you so much for being here. How are you doing today? I'm doing fabulous. Thank you for having me again. I really appreciate it. And not a problem. I, you know, it always feels like technology just does its thing when you need it the most. And it's just one of those things. But oh. I'm really excited to be here again to share with you guys. Thank you. I am so happy. And for all of you that don't know who Erin is, we're going to tell you everything about her. So first, before we introduce our amazing guest, I just want to let you know that we have a fantastic Facebook group. Feel free to join us. Marketing tips for photographers. You can just come on over. Plenty of good conversations happening in there. And if you are listening to this in the podcast version, please don't forget to leave us a review. That will help, you know, the podcast being discovered by more photographers. And last but not least, if you are either watching live or listening to the podcast, let us know. Take a screenshot and tag Erin and the Talk Republic. We want to know who's watching us. So Erin, without any further ado, welcome to the Talk Republic. I am so happy to have you here. Erin is an amazing photographer based in California. She is the other half of the Young Greens uh, team. Amazing mom, uh, great photographers, and I'm super excited to have you here today. How are you doing? I'm doing fabulous. I've got my coffee. It's nice and early here, but like you said, I have a son, and so mom life means early life. He's 16 months old, a year and four months. His name is James, and you know, we've, we've become morning people since he was born, so I love getting up early like this. Oh, I'm so happy. I have no kids, but I am a, like, I like waking up early. Yoga, Ooh. meditation, getting all that out of the way. You, you are going to do great. You know, <laughs> if you ever do have kids, if that's in your future, you will rock it because you're already a morning person. That there you go. transition we had to make. So yeah. <laughs> Always exciting. So Erin, uh, what about you tell us a little bit about who you are and what do you do? 
Yeah. So my husband and I, my husband is Jeff. We are the Youngrens and we're wedding photographers. We're in San Diego, California, and we've been shooting together ever since we got married in 2006. And we have traveled the world shooting weddings that we absolutely love. And um, we did that for a number of years and it was really, really fun. And then in 2012, we expanded our brand into a couple of other studios. So we launched an associate wedding photography brand called Clove and Kin. It's Clove Like Spice and Kin Like Family. And at the same time, a friend approached us and asked if we would buy his commercial photography studio. And so we said yes. And so we all of a sudden went from the two of us working out of our spare bedroom in our house with our cat to having a studio with a team of photographers, associate brand, a commercial brand, and our world just expanded dramatically. And we've been doing that ever since. And so it's just been a really, really crazy ride. I'm sitting in our commercial studio right now and um, we have absolutely loved it. So that's just a little bit about our story and you know where we're at. That is massive growth in a yes. short period of time and definitely something to talk about in another podcast episode mm -hmm. because I really want to hear more about this associate photography team that you have and the commercial space. Amazing. We also have a fan here. Look at this. Jeff is Aww. here. He says, yeah. He is here. <laughs> Hi, sweetie. <laughs> this is so sweet. Awesome. Oh, hold on. How do I hide this now? Let me see. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So you, uh, you and I, we talked about this last month and I was like fascinated by the topic because it's something that it took me a while to recognize mm -hmm. and I was following what everybody tells you, you know, like, oh, the avatar client and it's like very superficial. So I'm really, really excited to have this conversation with you about who your idea client is. How do you find out who this person is and all that good stuff? So like if you're listening to this, please make sure that you share again, as I said, this content with your audience, because it is crucial for the success of your business, knowing who your client is. So my dog. So Erin, please go ahead. And start this conversation. Why is this so important? Yeah. So the ideal client conversation. Oh, is hold on a second. Hold on. A, I'm so sorry. <laughs> My partner. I'm going to grab some coffee while we're taking care of that. I'm so sorry. The beauty of the you are fine. I love it. So let's get back to this. Yeah. So the ideal client conversation. Wow. It is such a huge topic right now. I feel like everybody is talking about it, which I love because it is so, so important. So I love that it's a topic that just keeps coming up. And I think more people are discovering how crucial this whole thing is. Unfortunately, I feel like it. It, the conversations are usually pretty thin. Like they don't go very far into it because it is a topic that is so much more heady. It's more theoretical. It's hard to take it from, you know, just this big idea and break it down into a practical thing that you can actually use in your business because there's so much that goes into it. It's not an easy thing. And so the advice that I hear most of the time is stays on the surface of the conversation. You know, you kind of mentioned that briefly. Like most people will tell you, figure out what cars your ideal clients drive, what grocery stores they shop at, what shoes they wear. And then based on those things, you're, you can build this amazing brand and attract your dreamies and, you know, build something that they're going to just love. But 
that's just not enough information, right? I think that in our experience, we found that, wow, like that doesn't work that way. And that there's something we have to get deeper. When you have been in business for a long time and you like, you have your avatar Mm -hmm. and then like at the beginning in my work and like a couple of years in, you're like, "Mm, I don't know these clients, like, even though they match all my, you know, avatar idea, they're not really the person that I want to work with. Mm -hmm. So that's when we have to, you know, go deeper. Exactly. Exactly. There has to be something more than just surface stuff, even more than just demographics. Like you may know your clients, typical jobs, their uh, typical incomes, where they live, all of that demographic information that feels really important. And it is, you need to know that information, but that's not all. You need to use that information in order to get to something deeper, which is what I call values. And you can also think of it as why. Why do your ideal clients make the decisions that they do? Why do they drive those cars? Why do they wear those shoes? Why do they work those jobs? Why do they choose to live in the houses that they live in? Why do they make their decisions? That's when you can start to understand what your ideal clients believe to be true about the world, what matters to them. And when you get down to that level, that's when you can build a brand that matters. That's when you build a brand that says something. And when your clients see that brand, they'll look at your website and they'll look at your Instagram feed and they'll say, oh my gosh, this person gets me. I can't articulate why, but for some reason, this person just understands and I must have them. And I feel like when you look out across the internet, you can tell the, the brands that get it right? Because there's, there's this internal tug, there's this internal feel that you feel with them, this connection. Whereas other brands that, kind of, that haven't gotten to that why quite yet, I feel like you can get it. It focuses a little bit more on the demographic side of things or a little bit more on the surface. Correct. So that's what we're trying to get to. Oh, awesome. It is, I just want to say to whoever is listening to this or watching, it is a process. This is not going to yeah. happen overnight. It is, I remember when I kind of like started doing my own process, I my husband took me out to like a coffee shop. He's like, come on, you need to clear your head. And like, I had a breakdown at the coffee shop. I'm like, I don't know what to do. He was like, why are you crying right now? <laughs> so it is, it is a process that is, you know, it's a personal kind of journey for, you know, with your own business. It's going to take a, a little bit of try and error also, mm-hmm. but you can't just give up. You can't just focus on the, the values that you can just see, as you said, just demographic, income level, favorite, you know, car, you need to do the work, which is the heavy work, and go deeper. Mm-hmm. And as you said, find those values, find the worldviews. What are those things that they have in common yes. with you? Yes, definitely. So where I have people start is I have them start at those surface characteristics. And what I, I refer to those as weirds. And this comes from Seth Godin. Mm-hmm. He wrote this book years ago that I don't even think he publishes anymore. And no one has ever heard of. I don't even know how I came across this book that he wrote, but I love it. And it's perfect for this conversation. It's this book called We're All Weird. And in that he says that the things that we choose to do with our time and the things that we choose to do with our money, he refers those to those things as our weirds. So if you think about, if you have a free Saturday afternoon, what do you choose to do with your time? Do you choose to watch a movie? Do you choose to make a meal? And the more specific those things are, the weirder they are, right? So if you choose to watch TV or watch a movie, what kind of movie do you watch? Do you watch a documentary? Do you watch, um, you know, a historical drama? 
are you really into Game of Thrones? Like really into Game of Thrones? Love it. (laughs) The more specific it is, that's one of your weirds. It's one of your things, right? And your friends can say, oh my gosh, that is so totally you. So those are your weirds and those are your clients' weirds as well. And so the more specific you are, the more we can infer about you as a person, right? The more that we can start to discover what matters to you. Why do you make those those really specific decisions of things to do with your time and your money? Because those are very precious resources. And so, for example, Jeff and I, we, uh, we traveled Southeast Asia back in the day when we first quit our corporate jobs and we went to photography full time. We took our laptops and we moved to Singapore and we traveled Southeast Asia for two months. We like took advantage of the freelancer life and we fell in love with scooters. And so when we came home to San Diego, we bought a couple of scooters and we ride them everywhere we go as much as we can. And our clients know this about us. It's one of our weirds, right? Not everybody has scooters in San Diego. And so they'll like send us things like mugs with scooters on them and, you know, t-shirts and all this kind of stuff because it reminds them of us. And another one of our weirds is that we travel. We traveled a lot before we had our son. We were on the road all the time and we are crazy Delta fans, like really, really into Delta in a very weird way, right? (laughs) And this is also something that our clients love about us because a lot of our clients are road warriors as well. They travel the world for their jobs. And so we can like connect on that level, like, you know, Sky Miles and the Sky Club, like all this (laughs) stuff on Delta. And we totally geek out on it, but it's one of our weirds. And other people are like, yeah, that's weird. Like really an airline? Come on guys. And so I love it. So what are your weirds? You know, think about it. Is it hiking? Is it camping? Is it fitness? Is it uh, nutrition? Is it your dog? Is it, I don't know, coffee? You know, what are your weirds? And then what are the weirds of your clients? That's where I have people start the process. But remember, it's just a start. It is. We have Jess in here and he's asking, so sorry to interrupt. What's the name of the book again? Thank you. Yes. Great question. It's called We're All Weird. And I honestly don't know. I've looked it up recently. And I honestly don't know if it's published anymore. So you might have to get just a used copy, but you could get it, your hands on it. Maybe it was like rewrote into like the purple cow. No, it's, uh, I don't think so. I don't remember it being in purple cow. It was, it's just a very short little thing, like all of his books. And he talks about this concept of the end of um, mass consumer consumerism and the beginning of the niche market. And so this was 10 years ago when, you know, all these things started coming out like farm to table, craft breweries, um, really like craft coffee. This is when all of this stuff was starting to come out and become a thing. And so he was talking about the beginning of niche marketing and how to narrow down in on your niche, which is also incredibly, uh, you know, relevant to our businesses, right? And I, so I always I say it, it wrong, but there was like this famous thing that like the riches are in the niches or something. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Totally. So like the, the more mm-hmm. like niche you can be, um, the better that it is for your brand. Uh, I am like one of my weird, which is really funny, is TV, Game of Thrones and okay. Housewives, which is like not nice. even similar. And I even have it on my contact form on my website. And it is really, really crazy that when I get an inquiry and they go, they don't even talk about their wedding. They're like, did you watch the latest episode of the New York Housewives? And we get really into that. Like we ended up booking because like we are in a level that is just like 
it's our weird. We love it. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I, it's one of those things where it's easy to connect on those things. And so I think that's why most people stop there because they're like, oh, you love lattes. I love lattes. You love pumpkin. I love pumpkin. And that's, that's great. And that's a great connecting point. And I think that those things are really important. The problem is you can't have your website filled with like, I'm a wedding photographer and I love lattes, like latte, 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 because otherwise it kind of just gets overbearing, right? And it doesn't, it doesn't speak to something that's really rich and really deep. So once you discover what those weirds are for you and you start understanding what some of the common weirds are among your favorite clients that you've gotten to photograph, then start the process of discovering why. Why do you love those things? Like, what is it that you love about Game of Thrones? What draws you to it? Are real housewives? <laughs> um, for us, scooters is this way that Jeff and I get to connect. We get to decompress on our scooters. It's a fun way for us to just explore the city and go to happy hours. It's really a connection point for us. It's what we do together on our date nights. And so what do our couples do on their date nights? Well, it could be any myriad of things, but they get it. They're like, oh my gosh, that is so fun. You're like, you know, exploring this fun adventure side of your life together as a couple, as friends. And um, so like, think about it. Let's say that you love making dinners and you make this big dinner for your family every Sunday night and you bring your friends and family over and you can all enjoy. Well, the reason why you love it is because your friends and family connect in a way that they otherwise wouldn't get to connect. So what if a lot of your favorite clients happen to love college football? And the reason that they love college football is because every game, they connect with all their friends and family over that game. Completely different outward weirds, right? But they're same inner values. They value community. And so you can connect on that community level. So when it comes to your wedding, they get all of their friends together around their wedding day and they get to share in that community. And that's where it all comes together. And that's where you connect. And so you can connect with couples that on the outside might look very different from you and might do very different things. But on the inside, you get it. You both much believe the same things to be true about the world. Coming down to like worldviews. And this is super mm -hmm. important. And I think uh, crucial. I mean, this is really what's coming down. Like, what are your worldviews and how could you connect with your clients with the same worldviews? And that. Yeah. And again, as I said, that's going to take you a while to figure it mm -hmm. out. You know, you're going to have a bumpy ride. Perhaps you're really lucky and you're like, I got it. It's all good. But it's also, I believe, like, a, it's not like, a, like a, it, it doesn't begin and end. I think that that's a journey. Like, it's always going to probably evolve. It's mm -hmm. going to change as your life changes. And, you know, you just have to, like, you know, continue <laughs> updating. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's going to be a journey and a development. So for Jeff and I, our big value is savoring. This is something that when you go to our website, you see this immediately. Like we are the perfect for you if you are all about savoring every moment on your wedding day. And savor is not a word that our clients would ever come to on their own right? They're not going to, when they start the process of looking for a wedding photographer, they're not going to say, I really want a photographer that's going to help us savor. <laughs> no. I don't think so. I don't know. They don't know that, but it is something internally that they have that we have figured out and we've put language to it so that when they do discover us, they see that and instantly something is triggered inside of them because they hold that belief too. That belief 
that they just want to slow down and enjoy every minute of their day so they can they can remember the important moments. They value their friends and family. They value legacy. They value tradition. They value um, being present. And so when they see that word savor, instantly they say, I didn't know I wanted that, but I do. And I have to have these guys because they are the only ones that have put language to that need. And I am going to hire them because of that. And I see it in their photos. I see it on their Instagram feed. I see it throughout their whole brand. And so that brand promise is strong enough where they believe that that is what we're going to deliver. Mm, so that so is how that value has, has come out in a very concrete way in our brand. You can have values that are completely different from ours. Maybe you have values that, you know, you value just like partying on the wedding day and like having a big old blowout bash with all of your friends and family. Maybe it's, um, you know, there's clients that just want to have like big grand celebrations that are over the top and immaculate and crazy. And they have 400 people at their wedding. And that's what they value is that immaculate, you know, it's not about showing off. It's not about, you know, looking better than anyone else, but it's like going all out in this over top, over the top way for their wedding. So there are a whole range of different values that we can all connect on. And I love that because that means that all of our brands are so completely different from one another. It means that I get to hone in on my values and you get to hone in on yours and they are both equally important. They are both equally authentic and it erases all competition. I love it. I have my ideal clients and you have yours. I don't want your clients and you don't want mine. Makes We're sense. going after completely different people. And so I love that about this whole concept. That's why I believe in it so much. Oh, it's so good. So good. I was having a conversation a couple of years ago and we're talking about uh, celebrities and mm-hmm. they were talking about like, oh, which wedding, like which celebrity wedding will be like your dream wedding? And I was like, first of all, I don't know. I don't know even know their names of like these people. So I really <laughs> don't know. So then like, I was just like, I, I don't know. I was like, I don't know. I think that I probably would like Jennifer Lawrence. And they were like, well, she's not married. Like she hasn't had a wedding yet. Like they couldn't, they, they, they just wanted to see like the, like the, like the picture of the wedding. So I was like, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, I think that value, like she's super fun. She's like laid back. She doesn't take mm-hmm. herself too seriously. I think that yeah. she will be my client. So they were like, well, what if she just wants to get married? Like, I don't know, at the courthouse. I'm like, that would be amazing. I have no problem if she just wants to get married at the courthouse, in her backyard. I don't know, whatever she chooses to get married. I just think that we, like, as a person, we have kind of like, like, I would enjoy her company. Like, I would enjoy her values. Like, I don't know, like, Amal and George Clooney. I don't know. They're very posh. I don't think that it seems very strict. I don't think that that will be my kind of wedding. Mm, I so, see. Yeah, totally. So, but but the, the conversation that I was having with, with my friends, they were, like, so focused on, like, the aesthetic of wedding. Like, no, mm. no, no. But, like, what about the flowers? What about the location? I'm like. Yeah, I don't care about that. Like I want a, a couple that wants to have a lot of fun, a couple that is relaxed, a couple that doesn't take themselves too seriously. Like if something, the day doesn't go as planned, they're going to be like, okay, well, I'm having fun. So I don't care. Like that's the kind of yes. couple that I need. Yes. Yes. There's, and that's, uh, yeah. So you're digging down to that value level that's behind all of the aesthetics. Mm-hmm. So um, for example, I was, interviewing Spencer Lum for our podcast, Creative Rising. Mm -hmm. And he has a very unique style. He has a style that is opposite of the Youngerins. Ours is classic, traditional, um, very natural, very emotional. And, but, but they're, you know, they're set up, they're posed, they're, you know, 
um, they're not like as candid, whereas his photos are completely candid. Like he would refer to them as snapshots and, but he loves it because it's, it's authentic. That is the value that he's going after. It's honest. And he attracts clients that are usually a little bit um, bohemian, avant-garde, a little bit edgy. They're usually artists. They usually want to kind of like buck the system or they're a little bit rebellious. And so they want photos that, that aren't normal, that go against kind of the trend, the tradition, the classic style. And he's been able to put words to that. And he was, ex he's extremely successful at that with his style. And, um, uh, we were talking about it and he's like, my clients would never call themselves rebellious. So I don't say that on my website, but I say things like honest. I say things like authentic, things that, that will attract them to that in, the, in their photos. So it's a really helpful exercise to just look at all these very different styles of photography and all of these different photographers that are out there that are successful at what they're doing and just look at how they're communicating with their couples. What words are they using? What's, how would you describe their photography? What's their copy like? And you're going to understand how they actually do get down to this value level instead of just staying on the surface. It's very fascinating. It's so good. I, lo I love checking people's copy. Like I'm like, hmm, let's see what they are all about. Like that's, I love doing that. Yeah. So, yeah. Super interesting. Another point that I wanted to make is like, again, we, we're not focusing just on like aesthetics as we have said this a thousand times. And I want to like, for example, For example, my company, like I'm based in Miami. I have photographed weddings at every single venue in Miami. I have photographed weddings at like the most prestige venue. And I have photographed weddings literally at a fruit stand. Like yes. I'm not lying, like literally at the fruit stand, they got married there because that's where they love it. Mm -hmm. All my couples, even though some are spending thousands and thousands of dollars on the wedding and some others are just like spending $5,000, whatever it is they have the same values. They mm -hmm. want to have fun. It doesn't matter, again, if the wedding is going to be at the most expensive venue or the wedding is going to be at the fruit stand, they are super chill. They're relaxed. They want to have a great time at their wedding. Yes, absolutely. So I think that there's this misconception. Like a, a, couple, a number of years ago, there this message got out there that you know that you have made it when you are photographing the high-end bride, whatever that means, right? Like that's when you know that you are successful. When you have broken into this market where people are spending X amount on your photography and their budgets are, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, you've photographed a million dollar wedding, you know, all that kind of stuff. That's when you know you've made it. And there are all kinds of different people at every single different income level. And so even if you make it into that high-end market, you'll know that there are so many different kinds of people. Jeff and I photograph high-end weddings and we photograph very different types of weddings than other people do because there are still so many different types of clients. So you need to be mindful about that. It, it's not about a price point necessarily. Your price point is determined by your profitability, how mm -hmm. much money you need to make, and then what makes sense for your ideal clients and the kinds of weddings you want to shoot. Um, so like, just don't pay attention to, you know, this, a price tag determines a type of client. Your values determine your type of client. And so at the same time, Jeff and I have honed in on a certain style of wedding And so our weddings, we refer to as black ties and ballrooms. And so while we have photographed weddings that are, you know, 
amazing couples on a ranch in Montana or, you know, on a beach in Mexico or, you know, Costa Rica and those sorts of places, our ideal style of wedding is still black tie ballroom. Traditional churches, big old ballrooms at nice resorts, that's what we want to photograph. And so we have honed in on that particular style, but also knowing that these other couples that we've gotten to photograph in the past have been incredibly life-giving because they hold the same values. So we don't say no to certain couples just based on the style of their wedding if we know that they're going to be a good life fit as well. In fact, there's a good exercise I want to share with you guys that I haven't yet this time. I might have shared it last time, so I want to um, share it again. But this is where I have people start in the process. I love um, it. Let's start. Yes. Yeah. So take five to seven of your favorite past clients that you've ever gotten to work with um, and write them down on a piece of paper. Now, if you're just starting out and you don't have very many clients and you don't have five to seven people, that's okay. You can still do this exercise. Just think of five to seven friends, family, people you know that if you did get to photograph them, you would absolutely love it. Okay, so write those people down. Then I want you to put down any of these three letters that are next to the names of the people that you wrote down. The first letter is P, and that's for profitable. So did they pay you your asking price? So not did they, you know, book your biggest package ever and you made the most money on them. Just did they pay pay you your asking price? No questions asked. Or did you have to give them a discount? Okay. Uh, The next one is C, and that's for connection. So did you have a life-giving connection with this couple? Did you like them as people? Did you love the style of your wedding? Did you, as an artist, did you come alive in your, in your work? That's C for connection. The last one is R and that's for referrals. So did you get more business because of this couple? Either they talked about you to their friends and you got more referrals or you worked with vendors or venues that you got a connection with and now you're working more with them because of this couple or is the couple just a part of a network that you want to be a part of? Like, you're like, I want to be a part of all their friends and family. And so this couple is key with that. So PCR, write down those letters next to the names. And some names might have no letters. Some names might have all three letters. So pay attention to which names have more letters next to them because those couples are not only life-giving for your soul, you wrote them down for a reason, you like them, but they're also good for your business. They're the ones that are going to move your business forward. So pay attention to them. And they're the ones you want to start studying in order to get more clients that are like them. Love it. So you're going to start by studying their weirds, what they like, their sense of style. What were the style of their weddings? Do you remember what kinds of cars they drove? Do you remember what they do with their free time? Where they go on dates? What kind of hobbies that they take part in? And write all that stuff down and try to see if you can find commonalities among them. And commonalities of, yes, they do the same things, but commonalities of like, okay, they don't all play tennis, but they're all really active. Like, or they're all kind of adventurous. Like some love backpacking, others just go on really adventurous vacations. See if you can find those commonalities. And that's where you can start building this picture of who your ideal client is. And then also... Um, that's when you can start digging down to values. I like this. So I think, I don't know if Gabriel is asking or if he's just like pointing out again. So five to seven mm-hmm. couples, P for profitable, C for connection, and R for referrals. Exactly. You nailed it. 
Awesome. Good job, Gabriel. <laughs> a plus you, student. There you go. Gabriel also has a question here, and he's okay. asking about Creative Uprising, which is your podcast. We're going to get yes. to talk about it at the end. So, like, yes. Gabriel stayed for the end, so you won't miss this. Yeah. Hold on. What's happening here? <laughs> I think I'm good. I don't know. I don't know what's going on in here. Here. All righty. Good. Got it. So... That is an, an excellent exercise. And I yeah. think, as you said, I think that is an exercise that even if you have narrowed down who your ideal client is and you are connected in values, this is a great thing to do every year mm -hmm. to see, am I staying on track? What's happening? Maybe what is changing? What could I, you know, fix or continue doing? Yes, definitely. Our value of savoring, we developed over years and years and years. So it started off years ago as this thing that we called emotional grounding. And we still do this today, but it's where we would just, we just started stepping in on the wedding day and helping our couples slow down. And we just got them grounded in where they were. We helped them be present. And it's just this thing we started doing. And over the years, we put more and more language to it. We tried to explain it better. We're like, how, how can we get this? How can we make this make sense to our couples? And finally, we came to the word of savor. So don't, don't feel shameful or don't feel bad if it takes you a while. We've been doing this for 13 years and our business is the fruit of 13 years of hard work. We did not have this word saver in the first seven years. You know, we, we had to work through it and figure things out. We had other words like tradition and classic and legacy, but things have developed over time. So some of you may do this and you may get it right away and you'll know who your ideal client is immediately because you just have this gut reaction to it and you just know that's great run with it we were not those people there's the other people that it will take a lot longer you're it took me a while work at it <laughs> yes you're gonna have to work at it you're gonna have to like you know redo your brand and redo your brand and update it and, and hone it and dial it in over time. That is completely okay. Okay. We work in, as an artist, you're continually transforming into a better business. And this is part of that process. I love it. So much good information, Erin. You're like, ah, oh, I love you. Such great. <laughs> Alrighty. So if you, I mean, you have shared tons of information, tons of tips, but if you can give photographers one piece of advice, what would this be? Oh gosh, just overall or on this? Yeah, topic? like overall. Overall. Like a good one piece of advice that you have. Advice. I think, and this is something that I talk about on our podcast too, and it really is kind of the the whole, uh, I don't know, maybe it's my whole value behind our podcast. Mm -hmm. So what I always want to share with people is that we have, we're 13 years in business. We have big old studios. You know, we have grown so much since the day that we started. But we still experience the same creative battles that everyone experiences, that we experienced back then, we still experience them today. So we still get rejected. We still feel disappointment. We still feel self-doubt. I still have times when I just completely self-sabotage myself. The podcast is a great example of that. It took me two years to launch a podcast because Why? I, I kept self-sabotaging. <laughs> It's a, it's a whole thing. Your podcast um, is a gift. Like it is such great information. Like I'm just going to plug it in here right now. You guys need to go and listen to it. Subscribe. It is amazing. Again, creative uprising. I am absolutely in love with your episode about follow up that I think we need to yes, have yes. another podcast episode for myself about it because 
it is every episode is so good so you guys need to definitely go need and check it out and of course leave her a review so yes thank you that would be amazing so imagine and, um, if you would have never done it just because you were afraid or something I would have never got that gift <laughs> it's true it's true and all of that stuff was constantly in my mind but I had there were some things that I just had to work out in my own self because of fear because I was afraid of failure. I was afraid of success. I was afraid of putting myself out there. And so I feel like we all have those different things. We imposter syndrome, feeling like a fraud. You know, there's all sorts of things that we use to hold ourselves back. And so for me, there was a lot of self-sabotage going on. So if you, if you get that, like you get that. And that was me. And so really just what I want to say is that it, when you see all these people online and you see all these highlight reels and these, you know, really curated feeds. Yes, there is a lot of amazing success going on there. But also, I would bet that every single one of us still experience the same creative battles. So don't feel like you're, you're going to get over fear. Don't feel like you're going to get past the feeling of disappointment or rejection. Those are all going to be experiences that you're going to be constantly having throughout your business and throughout the lifetime of your business. Where you'll transform and where you'll change is how you relate to those things. And that's going to be a constant process. I am always discovering new ways that I need to relate to things in my business so that I can transform myself and move forward. So that's just what I would like to say to everyone out there. So good, Erin. So good and definitely um, relatable. I feel like in the world of Instagram and just Facebook and we're only seeing the curated side of business that starts to affect us even if we we acknowledge it or not we start getting a little bit envious we get plenty Mm -hmm. of self-doubt so so good that you pointed out that even if you are successful and even if you've been in business for so many years still that's something that we all experience as humans absolutely absolutely awesome so let's move this what are you loving right now (laughs) it doesn't have to be photography related what are you something that you really enjoy oh my god I okay, so I am obsessed with the Enneagram. I'm gonna admit it. I'm one of those people. I'm sure I don't know. I feel like it's everywhere. That's probably because I'm obsessed with it. So if you have never heard of the Enneagram, good on you. But if you are tired of everyone talking about the Enneagram, I totally get it. <laughs> but I totally, I am, I'm totally obsessed. I told you last time that I, it keeps popping everywhere. Everybody's yes. like, Who's your, What's your Enneagram? And I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find out. Well. It turns out I'm the number that can't finish the test. So whatever that is, because I got so annoyed with the test that I'm like, forget it. I'm not doing this. I so, love it. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. I did like Instagram stories about, about it. And I'm like, what number do you think I am? And now a lot of people reply, now I need to go and find out because they're like, oh, you're whatever, whatever. I'm like, I don't even know what this means. So like, <laughs> right, right. You're like, okay, great. Thanks. So nothing to me. Oh, and, and see through it. It's a long test. There's a lot of them out there. So I can actually, I'll, okay. The best place that I usually send people for the Enneagram is the Liturgist podcast. They have an episode on it. And it's just this really great overview of all the numbers. And and it's like an hour long, I want to say. And so it's just a great thing you can listen to. And then you can hear all the numbers. And really the best way to go about it is just to listen to all the numbers and kind of identify where you fit. So you don't have to take a test. You can if you want, but that's how I did it. And I really appreciated that process. And for those of you out there that know the Enneagram, I'm a five. 
So you'll laugh at that because fives love taking big giant concepts and breaking them down into manageable pieces. So interesting. Of course, on the ideal client, duh. And um, it, but also what I want to say about that is that um, when you find out your number, when you find out your personality, I know for me, there are not, I I don't come across a ton of fives that are in this industry, Mm -hmm. at least that are kind of the, the bigger folks in the industry. Because we're a lot more heady. It's, um, we're not as like achiever focused. We're not as like go, go, go getters. Um, and so I look at that and I look at what I have accomplished and I'm, I'm really proud of myself for that. So if you're out there and you feel like you're kind of an outsider in this whole thing, I constantly feel like an outsider in this industry. Um, if you feel that way, like I'm right there with you. And I parade around like I'm this extrovert. I'm a super, super introvert. And social media is very difficult for me. It's a hard, hard thing for me. And so I don't want you to hear this and watch me here and think, oh my gosh, she's just this extroverted achiever that loves social media. Not true. It is completely the opposite. So use that as an encouragement that it's possible if you're one of those personalities that just has a more difficult time with things than you feel like other people do. It's still possible. And I'm working through it. And I'm right there with you. Ah, I love I love this so much. Uh, I think that you are great. Uh, I like you as a person. I like all the content that you're sharing with everybody, what you're doing for the industry. I think that you're humble and nice and that's amazing qualities to have. So where could people find you? Yeah. I mean, the best place really is Creative Rising, the podcast. Check it out on your podcast player. Um, I just talk about real stuff there. It's a show about what it's really like to run a photography business. So I just wanted to I just wanted to get into the really the real stories after being in this job for 13 years and realizing like we don't it's hard to talk about the self-sabotage and the disappointment and the failure. It's hard to talk about those things. And so I wanted to create a place where I could create those stories and, and encourage people in their journey. So there's a lot of episodes like that behind the scenes episodes where I turn on the microphones here in our studio and we talk about what's really going on. But then along with that, like you mentioned, we have very practical trainings. So the one that you mentioned was how to follow up to inquiries and so what good. we do in our business. And we just spill the beans on like, hey, you need to do X, Y, Z. And most photographers are not. So you you're, need to do this. So check out that probably in the last week went up a thousand times. I probably listened to that episode yeah. a good 15 times. I'm like, what? Again, I'm trying to listen to this again. The numbers just like keep crawling on this one. That's perfect. So, awesome. Yeah, Creative Rising is a great place. Our Instagram feed at the Youngerins. Um, check us out there. You'll, you'll. That's where we're having a lot of conversations. So I'm gonna add all these links, of course, to the notes of this episode. And I thank you so much again for doing this. I know we had to redo it, so thank you so much for being so graceful yeah. to do this. And I'm really looking forward to have you again here on the talk, on the Talk Republic. So. Any topic you want to cover, we would love to have you. And for all of you that stick all the way to the end of this live broadcast, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for your questions. If you, again, are listening on the podcast, make sure you leave us a review. And if you're watching this live, go ahead and tag your friends. Invite them over. They can watch the replay. Perfect. Thank you so much, all of you that are watching. Thank you so much. And I'll catch you very soon with another amazing guest. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode. For more info about marketing tips for photographers and show notes, please visit thetogrepublic.com. If you enjoyed today's show, please go to iTunes and leave us a review. Want even more? 
Join our marketing community group. Just search for the Tog Republic Group on Facebook. Until next week. 